question is, is uh, Tantra really a rapid path to self-realization? And if it is, why shouldn't uh, one follow it? To understand this, we first have to agree on the definition of self-realization. Self-realization is a state where you see, you experience that oneness with the whole creation. You don't have any feelings of hatred for anything or anybody. All you have is boundless freedom and love flowing through you. When people wear ochre robes, it's usually with the belief that now we are free. Because this is the color of fire. This is the path of freedom. That I am no longer be tied to the worldly relationships or the worldly way of doing things, the conventional way of doing things, if I may use that term. But the opposite happens. You get increasingly clamped down by the society and their expectations from you. If you are going somewhere, they expect you to be a certain way. Otherwise, in their eyes, you're not a true sannyasi. You have to be a certain way. You cannot drink vodka, Swami. You please don't do it in public. <laughs> it's just not possible. So there were people who realized that this whole thing about social norms is nothing but a big farce. It's just a big joke. That what, what does it even mean we have these rules in the society? But the society needs such rules to, to move forward, to have some kind of framework. We have a rule here, we'll serve lunch at, let's say, midday, and serve dinner at 7.30, and serve breakfast at 8 o'clock. There are rules. You cannot bring your footwear in the dining hall or in the temple. <coughs> These rules are there to somehow manage the crowd. So Tantra says, what if I really went the other way? What if I had the courage to break every rule that the society that society has given me? <coughs> what would be my life then? Why have they forbidden that you can't drink alcohol? Why have they forbidden that cremation grounds are forbidden places? Why have they said that cremation grounds are forbidden places? Why do they say that uh, sex will really weaken your consciousness and soul? Why do they say that get up early in the morning and go to bed early at night? What if I did the reverse? What if I had alcohol? What if I engaged in a sexual activity? 
would that mean I am a lesser human being? Or would that mean I've lost my claim to, uh, to enlightenment? So Tantra says, okay, let's begin with all that the world says is wrong. It takes courage. It's not easy. And usually it's in, in order of progression. Even when you initiate somebody into Tantra, it's not you will say, look, here's a bottle of scotch, take this, <laughs> and here's a coupon, go to this whatever place and buy some meat, and uh, why don't you go and party hard? That's not Tantra. That's anything but Tantra. So good sadhaka <laughs> in the beginning will start with Dakshinachar, with the purest form. And then if the guru is a tantric guru, he or she will observe uh, what are the hurdles on the path. Maybe your hurdle is not lust. Maybe it is anger. Maybe it is ego. How do we break it? If you stand in front of an ocean, it's equally liberating. If you are able to stand at a high point where you see, look down at an ocean, you will see how tiny a human being is and how insignificant our existence in the grand scheme of things. Just constant, those waves coming at you and you're looking at that ocean. So Tantra doesn't mean that <clears throat> we'll do everything wrong. Tantra says, let me break the conventions and find out why what I think is bad is bad. Maybe it isn't. Maybe I'm going to, maybe I have to walk through the mud. Maybe I have to get my hands dirty before I can find the treasure. <clears throat> so that's why it's a rapid path, because our conditioning is so strong. We are so sure of what's good and what's bad, what's right and what's wrong, what's moral and immoral, that we think we know how to get to God. We know how to realize our truth. Nobody has to tell us. Anybody who gives us a method must operate in this framework. That means this person has also realized the truth. So Tantra says, look, you have urges, you have desires. Why are you suppressing them? Why? What is the need? Tantra questions. Why don't you walk through your desires as opposed to run away from them? The person who shuns a desire or the person who, who runs away from that desire, there is no difference. If somebody says, I don't drink alcohol, but deep down they really want to drink it, and every time they see it being served, they question, maybe I can pour a little in my Coke and have a sip nobody would see. Or maybe in a glass of steel or something. Or the person who sees, say, oh, this is not for me, and just goes away. They're identical. There is no merit, Krishna says, 
if you are going to keep desiring something but from the outside you are going to shun it you are going to deprive your body from certain pleasure but deep inside you want it it's much better to have it what's the problem what is the issue you are not having it because people don't endorse it so tantra says i don't care about people they were the first rebellions in our spiritual history and that's why like yesterday as well i was talking about that kavariyas who do that yatra that pilgrimage in the month of shravan that's also because they went against the norm upasakas worshippers of shiva went against the norm we are not going to put gold on shiva they said we are just going to offer even bhang yeah, that um, what is it called yeah in english i was not sure i think there is another term for it but you get the idea we'll offer this we'll we'll keep it super simple it's the most shunned flower but we'll offer that we're not going to offer him fragrant lotuses we're not going to put a, a big uh, uh, a crown on 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 him studded with diamonds we are not going to do the big normal arati we'll we'll smear him with uh, ash from the cremation grounds so they went against the norm and it had a telling and a profound impact in the on our society because these guys could now live in peace <laughs> believe me it's it's a huge accomplishment nobody would bother them everybody would tell their children <laughs> stay away from these guys <laughs> they will take you away with them but they were carefree they said look you have a problem you can wear clothes we don't have a problem we're not going to wear any they stopped wearing clothes that became the naga sect <coughs> when milarepa's the tibetan monk his sister found out that his brother was meditating in a cave it is said that he meditated to such intensity and in such austere circumstances that for a very long period spanning several years all he did was drink nettle soup a soup from a weed that would just grow there it was green and a green tinge had appeared on his skin from just drinking that so he had no clothes on his body so his sister went with a friend of hers and she said to milarepa that what are you doing brother is this the way to enlightenment is this the way to realization look at such and such monk he wears beautiful clothes he puts on nice fragrance he delivers his lectures this is what's written in his biography and and everybody loves him he he sits in nice places he mingles with the best of the best the who's who and here you are sitting in a cave in such in such an emaciated condition that is this the way to enlightenment and you're not even wearing any clothes 
He said, this is the way to enlightenment for me. And I'm only doing what my guru, Marpa, had ordered me. And I'm helping the world from my penance by sitting here. So she could not convince him to come down, to come out of his cave and step into the world. But she was a sister and she saw that how he was living in such uh, extreme conditions. So she went back and she knit something from a woolen something and she sent it for him, a, a jumper. So Milarepa cut it and he made little caps for his fingers and he covered different parts of his body. When his sister went again to see him, she said, I made it with so much love, what have you done? You've just practically tore this thing apart. What is this method? You sh I gave it to you so you could cover your body. And here you have cut little pieces and you're covering the, just the tips of your finger. He said, listen, were you ashamed of your body? Were you aware of your body when you were born and when you, or when you were growing up? And now, as you discovered your youth, as you discovered your beauty, as you were turning from a girl to a woman, you started uh, getting all uh, this worked up about this and started thinking about covering yourself. He said, I still live in that child's mind. And I've covered the parts I need to protect. When I meditate, he said, my fingertips become really cold. My chest doesn't become cold, he said. My heart's beating there. It retains a certain warmth. But my fingers become cold, so I've covered my fingers. And Milarepa's whole quest started because of the revenge, the feeling. He wanted to take revenge at the instruction of his mother against his uncles and so on. That was his way. People who discover the truth eventually or make a huge impact in the world in any way are those who, who are courageous enough to take a bold step. Because there is no safety net on the path of awakening. There is no way to be safe, to know everything beforehand. It's a path of discovery. And when you are on the path of discovery, you will constantly discover and find new things on a daily basis. In summary, yes, if done correctly, it is, it is a very swift path.